past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant, and we're glad you're here today. And you're going to be glad that you're here today because we've got an amazing guest who is going to be talking about helping our young people with career conversations. So today we have Sarah Jane Vandenberg here with us, and she is career development practitioner and a narrative career professional. And she just wrote a book on Adults Guide to Empowering Teens to Make Their Best Career Decisions. So Sarah Jane, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so glad to have you. It's great to be here, Marie. And there's a little start to the book. It's actually called Lost and Found, An Adult's Guide to Empowering Teens to Make Their Best Career Decision. Yes, Lost and Found. I love that part of the title. And you have been working with this population for a while. And tell me a little bit about why this population is so connected to you. What What is that that drives you to work with this population? Well, the book was written for adults who live with, work with, or mentor teens. It wasn't the book I started out to write, but when I started to write, I realized, oh, wait a minute, let's go back to the beginning. And I'm passionate about it because I end up with so many people in my office who go, you know, I'm 40-something, and I didn't think about these things way back when, when I was making these decisions. Uh, And we know that teens actually turn to the adults in their life. And frankly, the adults in their life have plenty on their plates without knowing all there is to know about careers. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, those adults may not have had very much opportunity in their life to get this information and now feel like, oh my goodness, how do I help others? So when do adults start having these conversations about careers? Anytime. So essentially today, right now, this minute, you know, it's um, people think, oh no, I, I'm waiting till they're starting to make those decisions or ask those questions. I don't know about you, but I can tell you as a mom of two now adult children, when they were teenagers, they weren't necessarily asking us anything to do with careers. And I'm a career coach. So sometimes it's our initiation of the conversation uh, and and just starting it where they're at. Right. Yeah, that they uh, may not even understand. And maybe we need to have it in language that is familiar to them instead of what's your career. And career (laughs) may be a word that they're not, that's not what they're thinking. So what are some other terms or language that you've seen have a good uptake of this conversation. Totally. That's a great point, Marie. Um, Because individuals may or may not, it's a very privileged idea, frankly, to say the word career about choice and that kind of thing. And really what we're talking about is how do you want to um, earn an income or attract an income? What do you want to do to do that? And the reality is, is that we, uh, Teenagers often, you know, start getting their first job, say around 14, 15. And at that point, really, it's about 
simply getting some money into their wallet or their bank account or to purchase some item that they're very excited about and mommy and daddy or whoever aren't going to pay for it. So that's kind of where they start. So sometimes saying job, you know, what do you want your life to look like? What are the kinds of things you want in your life? It isn't just so much about how am I spending my time in terms of earning an income? There's so many parts about it. And I think that's the other piece is that adults don't necessarily realize, you know, things like financial literacy and emotional intelligence and talents and aptitudes and how we learn. Like all of those pieces are part of career. So essentially, we could talk every day, multiple times a day about things that are related to how do we make these decisions anyway? Well, that's so important I, to weave it into the conversations you're already having to, as you said, kind of respond to questions and de desires of the people that we're talking about and connect the dots that these are things that you want this, maybe even how you want to spend your time or material things that you want or whatever that might be and connect it to what do we want to do to make that income? I like that you use the word attract an income. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think um, as I've learned more about financial literacy and how money works, you know, so much is about our mindset and I'm not sure that earning is, to me, earnings a lot about striving and, and working. And I don't mean working in a positive kind of thing. I mean, a little bit hamster wheelish, whereas attracting suggests that perhaps we're putting something out in the world that the world would like or needs. And that, in turn, brings to us um, abundance in some kind of way. And so it can be financial, and it can be other things. I mean, work has so many different uh, things to offer us, whether it's uh, putting a roof over our head, or it is connecting to other humans, or it's serving, or it's building things because we don't actually like people, uh, or it's solving a problem that the world has. There's so many parts to it. And we don't need to wait until someone starts talking about jobs or attracting an income. We can initiate that conversation any day of the week, you know, whether we're coming home from some sort of sports game that our teen is involved in, or we're just driving down the road and looking at the houses, you know, do you know the people who build these houses? Do you know what goes into them? Do you know where the, the shingles are made or the doors are made? All of that is about work and careers. I love that. And I was thinking as you were talking, so just got an email in my inbox last week with some data that 30%, and I found this high, and it's just one data point, so I have to go check it out. But 30% of men between the ages of 18 and 30 or something like that live with their parents still. And I'm wondering if some of our language it, well, I know there's a lot of economic challenges, and I'm not saying that those individuals don't want to work. But in the cases where individuals may struggle to find a place where they fit in, 
I don't necessarily think it's because they don't want to work. I think it's because they have a hard time finding a place where they fit or where they feel like they're uh, doing something they want to do and, and contributing. And this language around earning an income, as you've said, kind of makes it about not being happy. Uh, like right away, we're talking about it being work and earning an income and struggling and striving. And, and if we change that language to, you know, what do you want to do with your time to attract these things, not just money, but also people that you might want to hang out with problems. I love that, that you said, you know, the problems that you might want to solve. If we brought it up that way, that makes work so much more enticing than just talking about it as kind of trading our time for income. And, and um, obviously there are a lot of things that people can do that don't necessarily trade their time for income, but when it comes right down to it, you're either trading your time for income or you're trading your money to pay other people for their time to get an income. And uh, why not do that for something that we really do want, which may not always be just that money piece of it. Absolutely. And I love that you say, you know, what do you want to do in terms of what are the, so it could be, what are the tasks you want to complete? How do you want to spend your day? Who do you want to spend it with? What subjects do you want to be investigating or exploring or doing something with? And I think part of when we say the word career too, I think people think it has to be this grandiose thing and that it's for life. Well, I can assure you that in my life as a career coach, I have seen industries come and go. You know, um, I heard once that every 10 years, 10% of the jobs disappear and a whole new 10% come into play. And I've seen that, you know, as evidenced by um, people in publishing, you know, who actually did something called typesetting. That doesn't exist anymore. Mm. But I've also seen, you know, social media managers that's a whole new branch. And so I think the part of the, the um, paralysis is twofold. One is, uh, I think if we handed people jobs on a silver platter, they actually would go to work. I think most people don't like to job search, which I get. The other piece is they think it's for life. No, 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 we're not actually yet talking about for life because the world changes so quickly and so remarkably these days that really we're looking at what's the next step. And doesn't that just feel so much more, oh, give people relief and reassurance. What, just the next step? That's what I'm looking at? Yeah, let's look at the next step. Yeah, and it um, that next step may be on a path, but we don't know yet, especially when we're young, and we don't have to know yet. And some people will, but some people won't. And that's okay too, when we see that. And I think career makes us feel, I gotta be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. There are certain things we associate with career. And then there are infinite amount of other opportunities that don't get associated with that word, but are just as lucrative um, and perhaps more flexible with this idea that you start with one thing and end up doing something else. In fact, some of those words we associate most with career might be less flexible because you can't pivot as easily from some of them um, as you can from others. 
Completely. I was just talking to a young person a couple of weeks ago and he's studying marketing. Uh, so just put that on one side. And then he told me that he bought a drone and he was very excited about it. And I'm like, do you realize that you can combine operating a drone with marketing? And he just lit right up because he said, I was hoping that that might be the case. And I'm like, oh my goodness, so many different opportunities. And so we started talking about where drones are used. They're used in the film industry. They're used in real estate. They're used, they're starting to be used to um, transport organs in some cities. Oh, so exciting. Um, so thinking about, you know, how one can combine some things too. And so, I mean, the world is just evolving and expanding in such an amazing way. We don't even know how careers are necessarily going to look five years down the line. So uh, it is it is being open to the, the, the possibilities. We use this idea of path when the reality is the path isn't straight. And sometimes we go backwards and sometimes we go sideways and sometimes we go forwards and sometimes we're stepping over a stream and sometimes we're up a mountain and some, you know, it's not the straight, linear, very clear um, way for lots of people. It absolutely is for some. There are some people who, you know, are, they're born, they have an idea and they just go for it. And that's great. There are other people who, the majority of people, I think that's not quite so clear. Right. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll dive into that a little bit more by talking about this idea of our best career decision, which I don't think we mean best by um, exclusive, but, a, you know, a career decision that's going to be a good fit. We're going to talk more about what we mean by that and how adults can help support teens to make that career decision. So we'll take a short break and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You 
tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back. And today we've been talking with Sarah Jane Vandenberg, author of Lost and Found, an Adult's Guide to Empowering Teens to Make Their Best Career Decision. And I will say that if you're a career services provider out there, take these ideas and use them. We also have a certified career transition coach program that we teach at Career Thought Leaders. If you're interested in some step-by-step materials to help someone make a career decision, you can check that out, careerthoughtleaders.com under certifications, our career transition coach program. But Sarah Jane, you were talking a little bit about how the career isn't really a path or I know some people have used the the terms of a ladder or um, you know the ladder's not there anymore, but the path or a lattice or even a jungle gym, I like the jungle gym analogy, where we're making decisions and we're going in a direction, but it's not linear. It's not even necessarily always forward facing. <laughs> so how do adults help people make this career decision? And I guess we should start first by what do you mean by best career decision? Thanks, Marie. People often, you know, will say to me, well, what should I go into? I don't know. I don't know anything about you. And so I'm always, uh, I find that question hilarious because it isn't uh, a one and done kind of thing. Uh, There's so many things to take into account. So when I say best career decision, what I mean is a decision that reflects the teen's current goals, their current dreams, their aspirations, their strengths, what they actually do well, the skills they have and the skills they want to develop, their needs, their options. Because, you know, I might want to be a uh, person who fishes, but perhaps I don't actually live anywhere where fishing goes on. Um, The labor market what the opportunities are right now, and where are those opportunities. So taking into account all of those things in order to make that decision. And so by best, essentially, I mean taking into all the different components for that individual and what is the best possible decision they could make today, right now, with the knowledge they have. Yes, and that... Uh, when we don't feel like it's a life sentence, <laughs> we don't have to be so worried about what that means for the future. And then, um, and maybe some kids will do that worrying more naturally than others. Um, but just helping them, I love that. Just what do you want to do right now? And how can you best use what you know about yourself and about the job market to make that decision? And this also uh, parks that idea of experiments, right? It's in, it, in some ways at this age, it can be an experiment. Absolutely. I actually, when people eliminate an idea, I'm like, you're on the right path because elimination is also going forward because you've decided something that you don't like. And some of it is about tweaking. Oh, I didn't like that piece of the job, but I liked this piece of the job. And so that provides, I I sometimes feel like we're explorers a bit and we're uncovering clues in terms of what makes sense for us. 
And those can change over time. So you're 100% right, Marie. It is so not a life sentence. It is really about sometimes, and sometimes it is about tasting and trying, as you said, exploring and and um, trying. Sometimes I talk about taking one university course or one college course as opposed to signing up for a whole program. Let's just try a piece and see, is that the right fit? And the, what I love about today's world is, of course, you can take an online course and, and it depends on what it is, whether that's really going to be the best way to get a feel for it. Uh, but there are so many opportunities to get an, uh, to get a toe in the water and see what it looks like and, and maybe be an intern. And I also love that when you show up with that explorer's mindset, you always have a purpose. So even if you end up hating the job, you can show up every day with that explorer's mindset of what parts of this do I like, or who am I meeting that might be able to help me figure out the next step and just approaching it with that mindset. Absolutely. And as an adult who is involved in a teen, we can also be asking our teens, you know, when they say, well, I hated, you know, how's your day? Hated it. What did you hate about it? Like, dig a little bit. You know, why did you hate that? Just so that you can really uncover what it was that was going on, because they might actually like the work, but they didn't like the supervisor, or they didn't like the particular product they were working with. So maybe they don't mind the task, but it's the product they're using. So if they move the task into a different environment, is that a possibility? Right. Or even the, the people, maybe they didn't mind the task, but the people, which might mean environment or perhaps some communication or conflict management skills, many different things that might be going on there that if they learn early, then they won't be chasing something the rest of their lives when really they're bringing the problem with them. Yeah, absolutely. So adults can help teens, as you've said, by having these conversations on a regular basis, I love that asking that open-ended question of what didn't you like and or even if they did like it what did they like because sometimes that is harder for people to identify too when they do like something what about it really did you like yeah absolutely and sometimes i think when we articulate something we didn't like we can also ask an individual well what's the opposite of that and because that will help them flip into what they are looking for then. Mm, you know, when I question. worked as a dish, um, a dish, we called them dish pigs, uh, out in a resort community, you know, I did not love cleaning out the garburetor. What I loved was being in the mountains. And so that kind of thing of didn't like this piece, but I do actually like seeing dishes clean. So there's a part of physical work that can be enjoyable. And, and so that's where the didn't like this, the opposite might be something that I do like. Mm, that's well, and then as a parent, I totally get this. But when a kid complains, sometimes maybe the answer that we uh, knee jerk to is that's work. You have to do it. You know, <laughs> that's what that's having a good work ethic. Um, and some of those ideas that were instilled in us by the older generations, which aren't bad ideas, but they really don't motivate someone 
And so thinking about how we might help them tease it out a little bit, figure out what could they enjoy about that job? What could they learn from that job instead of just telling them to like it, which is, I feel like, what comes first out of our mouths. Absolutely. You know, I remember both my kids have had jobs that they hated and I was like, good. You know, what did you, what have you sort of learned from that experience? And for both of them, they realized they needed to get different skills in order to move in the direction that they wanted to move in. Perfect. Job done. I didn't have to say anything. They figured it out for themselves because they went and did what they could with what they had. And it's a great place to start. And it is one of those things where although we do a lot of the assessments and helping in the schools, which is great, when it comes down to it, getting out there and doing something is really where we start to figure out what we like and what we don't like. Um, So maybe as we're finishing up here, and this is, I'm going to open a can of worms that we're going to have to try to close quickly, (laughs) but... um, When people are doing this, what do you feel like is the role of passion for these students trying to choose that first career, first job? Um, You really did want to open a can of worms, didn't you? So passion is so hilarious. One of the things I wrote in my book um, is, you know, we have this idea that do what you love and the money will follow. I think that is completely untrue. Uh, Because if it were true, those who are video gamers, there would be tons of money pouring into their house. And I've met many adults who say that their kids are in the basement playing games and the money is not pouring into the house. Yes, you can make a living as a gamer. It's an interesting path. Um, So one of the things that's just so important when we're looking at passion is, yes, do what you love and the money will follow if you can figure out how that can happen. And so passion, I think, initially when we're talking like first job, I don't know that that people are that passionate in their first job. I think it's more about, you know, a a means to an end. Where passion comes into play is understanding, is it something that I can do that will earn me or attract to me the kind of income I want? And if not, how do I make that happen? Well, and how might those two things run in parallel for a while? Maybe I have a job where, like you said, I can attract some income doing something that I I still like and that's maybe tangential to my passion um, or something that combines my passion with a more business idea, right? If I'm passionate about drones, but maybe I wasn't crazy about marketing, I could I could still use my drone in, in that business way while I find out another way that I could attract an income using my drone. Absolutely. And, you know, if, if uh, easy answer courses in the film industry that they do actually have people who operate drones, that's all they do. Uh, and so I was talking with a young individual who was wondering about, you know, that avenue and realized that, no, for him, it wasn't enough of a passion because um, the individuals who do operate drones within the film industry have a lot of equipment. They do, you know, they spend hours upon hours upon, that's the only thing they do is the, is the drone operation. And so it is that, um, it is that piece where you're looking at, yeah, is there how, if we ask ourselves that question, 
how does someone, in fact, a tracker earn an income doing this thing that I'm so passionate about? And then what does that look like? And would I really want to do that exactly. <laughs> all day, every day? Um, <laughs> because sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't. So tell us where we can find the, the Lost and Found book and how people can, you said, get a little taste of it by downloading a chapter. Yeah, thanks so much, Marie. So if you go to thelostandfoundbook.com, you can uh, get a little taste of the chapter there. You can also purchase a book, of course, on amazon.com, uh, the lost and found, sorry, lost and found, an adult's guide to empowering teens to make their best career decision. So those are easy ways to find it. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing this. And I know that I've got some great questions that I can ask now. I mean, my kids are younger, but uh, there are opportunities for career conversations with young people every day, all day long. And so I'm excited to have our listeners go out and start having those conversations with youth in their lives and so that we can have people doing more of what they love. And I, I appreciate that that's your mission. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Marie. Excellent. So we're going to take a short break. We'll say goodbye to Sarah Jane. When we come back, we're going to dive a little bit more into this career conversation and career transition pieces that we might need to have to help someone make that, that decision. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Say It Skillfully is my radio show about being who you are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. I'll help you find the right words to tackle any challenging conversation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. You'll learn how to achieve success on your terms and be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in your life. Check out sayitskillfully.com for practical resources, including my 90-second videos, real-life examples showing you how to speak up skillfully. I invite you to call in with your questions. Join me live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. And no, I'm cheering for you. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we were talking about having career conversations with young people. And as you can imagine, my young people have a, uh, my young people have a special, <laughs> have a special access to career conversations because I'm having them all the time. And yet we try to figure out a way to have it as an uplifting conversation. And I love this ideas that that um, Sarah Jane was sharing today, because it really is about finding something where we want to spend our time, we want to spend our effort, we want to be there. Because making money is not a really a long term motivator for a lot of people. And for some it is, but for others, that kind of wears off and you think, oh, okay, that's nice, but what am I going to do now or next? Or is there a better way that I can spend my time and effort and energy where I could still attract an income that will get me to where I want to go? And when we combine those two, that yes and conversation of yes, I can make money and I can do something that I like to do, that's where we find this great combination. So in past shows, we've talked to some individuals who ended up on a path that they would not have expected. So you might remember we had a guest a few weeks ago who was talking about how they got a political science degree, then ended up going into banking, and then ended up doing um, lending for small businesses and how fulfilling that was and something they never would have thought about, but it was helping people, but just in a way that I mean, right, that wouldn't have been in the textbook for a career that helps people with commercial lender, right? So when we think about that, a lot of times getting our values and motivations met doesn't have to look like the stereotypical career of getting those values and likes met. This opens up the door to a lot more opportunities, a lot more possibilities, and gives us a flexibility of moving from one thing to the other, moving from one thing to the next without having to start over um, or without it not being a good fit for us. And it also goes back to this idea of passion that we do put too much emphasis on passion. And uh, you know, a lot of kids either don't know what that means or they passionate about things that are separate from work and maybe want to stay separate from work. And that's okay. We can still do something that we like to do, be with people that have similar interests in our work without necessarily following our, our quote unquote passion. The other piece I love about what Sarah Jane was talking about is this idea of figuring out where are we at right now what do we know about ourselves, about the world of work, about what we can do right now? And not necessarily limiting ourselves to that because we can go out and do research and talk to people and, and explore, but not feeling like we're making a decision that's forever or we're making a decision that's, you know, that we're going to be stuck with. We're figuring out something we could do now that will add value and interest to our life right now 
and then be able to move that forward. And more and more, thankfully, the world of work has shifted to where that's a possibility, where what you do today doesn't pigeonhole you in that's the kind of work you're going to do forever. Um, employers have become more and more open to hiring people from different industries, hiring people from different skill sets as the years have gone on. And to look at the recruiter studies from Jobvite, and you see that this is becoming more and more common. However, if we start with what someone knows about themselves now, so they know about their skills, they know about their interests, um, what they know about the, the way the world of work works right now and building on what they have in their background already. And this can be super simple. So I'm going to give you an example from my seven-year-old. So my seven-year-old and my four-year-old um, have a unique ability to talk nonstop. And I don't know that they're necessarily too funny to everyone else. We'll, we'll see how that comes. But they talk, they tell stories, they make some things up. They're just super imaginative. And when I watch them with other kids, those are some of their special skills, right? They get other kids involved in their make-believe games and they do it very organically and um, they love to do it. Now, as a parent, I could say, be quiet, you know, stop talking, be quiet, stop talking. And I have, I'm not going to pretend. However, what we decided recently is to take that special skill of talking, make-believe, storytelling, games, and they've decided that they want to start their own YouTube channel. Now, will we make a bunch of money from this? No. However, they will learn skill sets. When he's ready, we'll learn a little bit of marketing. We'll learn probably some hard lessons in that success doesn't come as fast as you see it does on TV. Um, but all of these things that they can learn now using that skill set, using that interest, um, using that motivation, does it mean that that's going to be their career? Probably not, although who knows. But it is something that they can experiment with in the moment, use their skills, feel good about them. Right now, we're encouraging him to talk. We're encouraging him to tell his stories. And that has benefits and for his confidence, for his communication skills. You know, we're talking about how to tell a story. We're talking about how to um, engage with the audience. All of that, that then he can take in and do what he wants to do with it later. So sometimes as the parent, and uh, Sarah Jane said this earlier, as a parent, we don't have the time to put into that. And we'll, you know, we do have limited time around here, this house too, but we'll see how we can encourage and mold that interest and that skill set that they already have right now to do what they can do with it now and not worry about what it will mean for the future necessarily or how that will reflect on this big, huge idea of career. And so one of the things I love about, I don't know if it's post-COVID or if it's just a natural evolution of careers, is that I feel like we've gotten away from worrying about this big idea of career and that we're thinking more about gigs and engagements or projects or whatever you want to call them, where it's figuring out a way to leverage your skills and experience now to meet the needs 
of the world now. And that can attract an income. It can help other people because you're thinking about plugging in now instead of preparing for this big idea of a career. They go hand in hand. It's not an either or. It gives us the opportunity to do different things and to do maybe both of those things at the same time. So we could be you know, training and working towards a big goal, like being a doctor or whatever that might be. And at the same time, trying out some of these small skills or small ways to connect with the market, maybe make some money, but also make a difference. And when you think about, you know, even the, the kids YouTube channel, how would that make a difference? Well, my kids watch YouTube and what we've told them since the beginning of their time of watching YouTube is that they can watch shows that have kids in them because they tend to be less, you know, there's no language in them, there's no challenges. And so they can watch those shows because we know they'll be better for them. And they're typically more engaging and they're seeing things that other kids are doing and they get inspired to go and do other things as well. So now we could, if they continue and they want to, we could offer that same service to other parents where they would know that our kids' show is an opportunity for their kids to learn something, maybe get inspired to go and do something else outside or in their house and try out something that, that my kids are trying out or play into the story that my seven-year-old um, has made up about the, the world that he lives in. So when we do those smaller tasks, we learn about ourselves, we engage with the, the world, and then we see what might that look like as we move forward and how might that even combine with the other things that I'm interested in, with the other things that I'm studying, and work in a, in a complementary way to motivate us to, to do better in school or to stay engaged in school, to motivate us to um, you know, do things where we can attract an income and, and attract people into our lives that we want, attract projects and uh, activities into our life that we want. Because as you get the ball rolling, it keeps rolling. And as we figure out how to put those things together younger, then we have that opportunity to really figure out where we want to plug in, where we don't want to plug in, the type of people we do want to work with, and how to have relationships and conversations with people that we don't want to work with or to get things done that we don't want to do in addition to doing the things that we are doing. So we're going to take a short break, come back and put just some more like bullet point specifics around what we might help people in our lives de determine as they're trying to figure out what's next or what they want to add as that side hustle or whatever that might be. We'll take a short break and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. 
That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on Finding Certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. are tuned in to the Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to the Career Confidant. Welcome back to the Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about career transitions I'm just going to break it down for you that if you are looking to make a career transition or you're helping others with career transitions, here are some steps that you can take. There's really an opportunity to be more actionable. We can get lost in the world of self-help. You can read the secret and all of those things, and that's great. But when it comes right down to it and you're looking to actually find a job, career, activity, project, here are some things to think about. What do you like to do? This is the skills, the tasks, the duties of the job. What do you like to do? You can look back at your past jobs. You can break it down into skills. You want to tease it away from where you did it and just really think about the core, the essence of that skill. What is it that you liked to do? Then you think about where would you like to work? What types of people would you like to work with? What types of problems would you like to solve? Is it in a nonprofit, a for-profit? What kinds of services or products would that company or nonprofit work with? So that you're really thinking about what types of companies and industries where you want to work. Now you've got the building blocks. What do you want to do? What types of skills do you like? Where do you want to work? Those industries, the interests, etc. In that process, you're also thinking about what have you already done that you can build upon? It's, of course, possible and maybe of interest to choose a career that you don't necessarily have experience in, but that usually will require you to take a class or maybe even get a degree or a certificate. Nothing wrong with that. And it's a different goal a different process if that's where you're headed then you'll have to think about how you're going to connect the dots fill the gaps whatever (laughs) cliche you want to put in there of making that transition into those types of jobs so that the person will see that you're you're qualified but when we start with those building blocks what do you want to do where do you want to go what experience do you have that shows you're qualified to do those types of jobs 
then we can think about, okay, and how is that going to meet your values or why would you be motivated to do those things? What is it going to bring to your life? What will you like about the job? What will you like about the types of companies? What is it going to be driving your decisions? So those last two pieces, the experience and values are somewhat your filter. You're going to come up with a bunch of ideas of things that you could do based on those skills, the what you want to do and the industries, the where you want to do it. So that then you can filter it by, would someone think I'm experienced to do this? And is it something that meets my values? So I can sit down and I can look at skills again, separated away from what I do, where I do them. I teach, I train, I market, I build community. All of those are skills that I love to use and I could use, you know, in many different ways. Then I could look at the industries. Where do I want to work? And you could see that if I wanted to work for an, a startup that was building new technologies and doing cool things, that would be great. The roles that use those skills there might be a trainer and maybe in marketing, maybe if they do some kind of community building in as part of their marketing or events, some of those sound interesting, some of them don't, but I just write them all down so that I can think about them all. Then I might think about, oh, I'd also love to work in like a nonprofit that works with at-risk kids. So then, you know, the teaching and training would fill different roles there. They'd look a little bit different. Maybe they have a community fundraising and I, I brainstorm all of those things and write them all down. You can tell that my brain starts to evaluate them and I really don't want that. I just want to write it down and go back to it later. Why might that be interesting? Why might not it be interesting? What might I need to learn about it before I decide if it's interesting or not? I could go back and answer all those questions. But my first goal is to think about all of those what's that I like to do, all of those where's I might want to work, and then start brainstorming the goodness of where they come together and what that would look like for an actual job or a job title. Now I'm going to have a huge list of options and I can start filtering through them based on my values, my experience, you know, would someone pay me to do that or not if I want to do it right now versus having to get some other experience or skills or certificates? And do I have any limitations? So I might have limitations around um, my schedule if I'm a parent or around a disability uh, or around, you know, my geographic location if I don't want to move. So I can start to put in those limitations after I've brainstormed the what and the where and have that huge long list of all the things that I could do with those skills in those types of industries. It gives us an opportunity to think big, brainstorm a lot, could even involve other people in that brainstorm of what could I do with these skills in this industry, because I'm trying my best not to evaluate those. I'm just getting them all down, thinking them all through, and then filtering them by my limitations, my values, my experience and what it would take to be able to do those jobs. When we do that, I mean, that's simplistic, obviously. <laughs> People hire coaches to walk them through that process because it's never that easy or that clear cut. Well, I shouldn't say never. It's often not that easy or that clear cut. So it gives us the opportunity to explore and to I kind of see it like the double helix of DNA, right? Where you learn something and you move in a little bit of a direction and, 
and it's not a straight line. You'll bring new things in that you didn't think about at the beginning. You'll learn about something new as you're doing your research, but it keeps it very practical and actionable versus, and you can go and do these exercises as well and bring them in. But when I think about my passions or whatever that might be, it can take me to a frustrating place because I'm not able to connect those two actual titles and roles and, and businesses that you help people do things or hire people to do things and plug into the actual marketplace. Now, the actual marketplace is much bigger than we usually see it as first. And there are tons of opportunities that go way beyond what you'd find in the you know, Department of Labor handbook or the online resources that list careers. There's so many opportunities when we think about what we like to do and those skills and we pull them away from where we've done them. And then we think about the type of people we'd like to work with or the industry we'd like to serve. We can start pulling those information, that information together and building it. I hope you'll check out Sarah Jane Vandenberg's book, Lost and Found, so that you can help the youth in your life with their careers. And if you are a career services provider or are interested in becoming one at careerthoughtleaders.com, you'll find resources for that. You'll also find our career transition coach program that trains people to be effective as a career coach and helping individuals find their next thing. We are always here on Career Confidant Radio, exploring the new and the next in careers. And what I'm seeing right now is that the push towards changing careers has slowed a little bit. We're seeing more people struggle with job search or maybe they're employed, but they're not happy. And this can be a place where you can think about, okay, what could I start exploring now while I'm still employed? Or as we talked about earlier, what could I do in my current job to start building skills, building network, or whatever it might be to help myself get more clarity, get experience I need, meet someone that could help me make that move. There are obviously things we can do outside of work. If you don't have time and effort to do those things, you might think about what you can do inside your current job, volunteer for a project and maybe even just take advantage of your company's learning and development opportunities or, or resources. What could you do right now to learn, to get more clarity, to start building your network within the scope of your current job or maybe slightly outside of it that would give you that flexibility when you're ready to make a move out of your current job? We are always here on Career Confident to help you get resources to take control of your career. We'll be right back here again next week with another great guest. And we always look forward to your thoughts and comments. You can send them to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. We'll see you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.